Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling here from Roswell, Georgia, and I am very pleased to have a guest today that will hopefully fulfill the goal of our podcast, which is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, my guest is Mark Ashby. And let me tell you a little bit about Mark. He is a highly regarded specialist to assist multinational companies and their leaders in crisis awareness, cultural change, and high-performance leadership. He has displayed an extraordinary ability to perform optimally under stressful scenarios through extensive experience as a member of the elite paratroopers and other specialist roles in the Australian Army with operational tours in East Timor. Mark was deployed to Middle East as a team leader in the highly dangerous private security sector for 11 years in Iraq before returning to Australia to work as a senior risk consultant in the corporate world for six years. Since returning to the corporate sector and setting up his own consulting firm in Australia, he has been experienced, he has been using his experience to assist senior members of multinational companies in high performance leadership, crisis awareness and cultural change so that they can become more resilient and adaptable. And I'll bet you in six years, six years ago, you had no idea how important what you do would be to our companies today. Yeah, yeah. Firstly, uh, thanks for having me, Vicky. It's uh, wonderful to talk with you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly been a bit of a journey. Yeah, um, I don't really, sure. I don't really come from that cookie cutter. I suppose that that real, um, I suppose you want to call it normal corporate corporate setting yeah. with, with my background. But it's just sort of how it's uh, sort of morphed and 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 yeah, where I sort of found myself and heading that direction. Yeah, for sure. So we always um, start out with a simple question, but I want to let everybody know that the episodes theme is going to be every nanosecond counts in business, and here's why. So again. Let's start with that easy question. You, we kind of gave it away, but where in Australia do you call home? Yeah, home for me is uh, Sydney. That's where, where I've been uh, nice. my whole life, uh, except when I've been away. I, my second home was in the Middle East for you know, a bit over a decade. Um, but yeah, Sydney's my home. Uh, grew up at the beach here, and that's, that's where I've been mm -hmm. my whole life. I I had interviewed someone from Sydney, uh, from yeah, Sydney area just recently, and they said it's very hot this last couple of weeks so um yeah sure. it's, it's 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 starting to warm up now so we're coming out of our winter which some mm -hmm. people they, they may laugh at our winter but it's yeah it's, uh, we, we get quite a lot of wind here of course so 
um it, it makes it a lot colder but um yeah it's starting to warm up now you can really feel the the spring yeah. coming in for us yeah she's she had um said she could put away her scarves <laughs> and, and being <laughs> being from the the north here originally i i know exactly what she's talking about even here in atlanta it the winters um after you move away from the north and you come down here i swear if you, you get colder faster easier <laughs> so. <laughs> or maybe it's just the old age makes you colder. Yeah, that's what I think. I think as, I'm, as you're getting older, that's how I feel the sign. You, you feel it more. <laughs> you yeah, slow that's, down and... yeah, that's for sure. So let's get into the meat of this. What did your experiences as a team leader in that highly dangerous private sector teach you about leadership? I, I think it taught me that you've got to be present in, in that role um, every day. For us, mm. you, you you had, you know, you had people under you, but for us, it wasn't just people. You had, we we called them our souls because you've, you've literally got, um, you know, at any one time about roughly about nine or ten, mm. um, you know, souls under your watch, and you, your your big job is to get those um, early days to get all those guys um, back yeah. home. Right, that that's your responsibility because you may know their families, you know, know may know their children, and mm -hmm. it's it's a huge responsibility. So to me. That, that leadership aspect was, of course, the objective to get our missions completed, to, to keep our clients uh, happy and safe as well, but to, you know, to get everybody home. And it, it's, I suppose, forefront there where you've got to really be front and centre. You've got to lead from the front and lead by example, and you're, you're also being watched and monitored yourself um, yeah. you know, to be as professional and, you know, a, a sort of studious in that role as you can. Mm. And you, you, you don't have the luxury, like I suppose, in the, the corporate world where if you make a mistake i've been able to reset and just think okay you know tomorrow we'll get the team together and and how do we improve that so we don't have to make that mistake ever again in our in our world if you made a, a critical error maybe somebody could you know lose their life over it and then, you, right. then, then you've got to live you know you have to live with that as well so it's a it's it's a high pressure setting of course um you know but yeah yeah it's unbelievable <laughs> puts a whole new definition to accountability yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, you if you make that mistake yourself, you've got to live with that. And and yeah. all of us guys, we're our our, our own worst critics. So, you know, we're very harsh on ourselves to make those mistakes. So um it's just for repetition, um and just trying to be on that job every day that you go in there to really understand your own capabilities and to understand what your people's capabilities are around you as well is a is a very big one. Really knowing who they are so you can really have that that, that trust and faith in them. Yeah. So you started talking about this, but share a bit about what it's like to be that close, close protection team leader. You know, I mean, it can't be a normal day. Uh, yeah, you, you've got to, like I said, like when, when you're, um, you're organizing your missions, you're, you're generally doing things the night before. So it's not like we go to work the next morning and go, right, what are we doing today? And, mm -hmm. and how do we go about our day? Um, your your missions the day after um, are, are already organised. You know mm. whether it's through you know actual like what an happened? orders process for us. Yeah, like a like a, a, a we have like a, a meeting. Um, we call them a brief. You know, mm -hmm. and you're going to have your, your team meeting um, where you're running through all of the next day scenarios, the, right. the different you know routes or routes as we say in Australia that, mm -hmm. that you're taking. Um, and we have not just singular objectives. It's it's you know, your, your primary, your secondary alternates because you need to have 
you know, everything covered in case something goes wrong, you can right. quickly think on your feet and you know you've got that option to take, you know, left or right or a, a different, you know, way home. And you've got to have that that focus every single day. You, you've mm-hmm. got to wake up that that day for that mission and you can't be like, oh, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> you know, like on a Monday morning or a Too Tuesday bad. morning. Because <laughs> we didn't have that luxury. We, we didn't have no. weekends, as per se. We just worked on, on mission tempo um with that that three months over there yeah you're working you know almost every day you might get a day off per week and uh it's a super high like i said tempo environment and you've got to really be in a mindset of you just got to be switched on every day that's a real term we use it's just being switched on Mm -hmm. and it's also understanding the the mindset and the and the emotions and the mental health of all your your people around you um to to get the best so you can actually get the best out of them you know they get the best out of themselves and because they're all professionals they're all very good at what they do mm-hmm. they don't need to be babied or or moddy coddled or you know <laughs> micromanaged that they, they know what they're doing and right. they're the best people on the planet at what they do um it, it's fantastic to be part of as a team leader mm-hmm. because you've got these amazing individuals around you it's like being in a elite sports team every single day so it, it's quite amazing to be part of so yeah that's that's my take on that <laughs> As you as you were saying that, a couple of things came to mind. First of all, I think that that your team had to be able to pivot and change. You know, they couldn't be people that were averse to change, because at a moment, you know, every day things could change, and you'd have to be able to react to that. But yeah, but also yeah. also the uh, the other thing is that being able to um, trust each other had to be so so very important yeah you've got to have that that trust um in that individuals like i said one one their 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 skill set of course um knowing they've got your back and but also having that strength that mental strength in a a situation or a scenario that that presents itself and like you said you you, you're going to have that shifting work environment every day where you've got to pivot Mm -hmm. it can be the weather um, maybe you may have a dust storm pop up out of, out of yeah. nowhere. Um, and all of a sudden you have zero visibility. You know, you're, so you, you may have 20 meters visibility. You're out in your vehicles. You've got clients with you. Maybe they're a real high profile client. Um, and you've got to really have that trust. And you do, you, you do have years because you don't have a high turnover of staff. You have the same people that are part of that environment for years and years and years. And a lot of us were in the military together. So we all knew each other's, you know, backgrounds and, and, and what our capabilities are. And, uh, yeah, it's it's you know when you're faced in that environment where you've got so much danger, you've got, you've got mm. a lot of you know roadside bombs and car bombs, and you've got literally got people there every day that, that want to take your life, and it's a mm. it's a real mind bending um, scenario that most people just can't get their head around. It's it's a it's a funny thing. I got asked a, a while ago, how how were you guys able to to mentally cope with that place for so many years? How were you able to to do that every single day? And yeah. what makes you different? And the the answer that I I generally I really try to think of an answer about this over the years. What made us different? And I think the best answer I can really give now is that is that we're just different. We're just wired differently to to the yeah. average person. And there's no would, real explaining it. We're just wired differently. Yeah, I would think so. So it, it's interesting. I think that you talked about your being always turned on. When you when you leave that and you go to the corporate world, 
you don't necessarily need to always be turned on. How do you, how do you turn yourself off? <laughs> I mean, how do yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, Dan. I, I get asked that that thing a lot as mm -hmm. well. Um, I think I think for some of us that came home from those many many years away, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the guys and girls from from Australia and and the states and you know that the, did these operations mm -hmm. for many years. Um, a lot of them, I think, can't. They don't have the ability to turn off. They have this real identity crisis, as, as we call it. That they come back to their their, their home and they find mm -hmm. it very very tough. And this is why there's been such massive rates of suicide on the return. Yeah. Um, they really come home and they're and they're very very lost. Um, I was very fortunate that. Um, I had a very good support network, and I've always just been able to do it pretty well, Vicky. Where I can, I can really sort of switch on and switch off, and I'll, I'll come home and 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 just do what I love and surround yourself with your family. And um, I think speaking to the right people as well, yeah. and that's how I really got, got to learn to do that. I, we, we've all done it, or not all of us, mm -hmm. I should say, but a lot of us have done it. Where we've, we've gone out there and and you know seek that, I suppose wise wise ears you know i spoke to a psychologist myself when mm -hmm. i came home just to just to sort of get my head around being back into society and you know i was, I was also going through a big divorce at the time and, and mm. i lost my father so it was a real combination there wow um and and i really had to reassess my whole life and and uh i've got a wonderful wonderful partner now that who uh who really uh supported me in that and yeah, I think it's a really big one. You've got to have that right, that real support element. And if you don't, I think it makes it very difficult to, to yeah. readjust. Um, but yeah, I found that transition, you know, quite quite smooth. And you're right, you've got to have that ability where you can switch on and switch off at a moment's notice because that's how we used to be overseas. You may, and that's what makes the, I suppose, the elite operators a bit different where mm -hmm. you may be in that super aggressive mindset one moment, but then you're dealing with children in the village the next yeah. and kicking a, kicking a football around with them. So you've got to be able to have that ability to do that. You have to have that empathy and that understanding. Massive word. You've got to have that empathy. Yeah. You know, I love that word because it's, and it's mm -hmm. true. You've got to have that real, that real down to earth approach. I think where you can really resonate with people from different religions, different cultures, male, female. And, and, yeah. um, and I think that's a real skill set. If you can pull it off, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great little trick in your bag of tricks. <laughs> And, and I think that's important to call out because, you know, especially, um, you know, one of the things I teach is that 21st century leaders have to do it differently than before. And, and I think as military, a lot of times you're thought of, you know, the tough guy, the tough guy, you know, and, and you can't have that emotional side that, you know, emotional intelligence to know when to have the empathy. But I, I know that the more and the more folks that I talk to that are veterans, they have that, you know, they have that ability to look at those people and understand, you know, what they're feeling and, and have that empathy. But the other thing that I've seen is your attention to detail, your ability to quickly assess and react. And in our theme, every nanosecond counts in business, I think that's really ties into that nicely because everything that goes around you, every detail is important for you to understand. So what are your thoughts on that in, in terms of the detail orientation of a leader? I think for us that uh, having that, that pedigree, that background where you've hit a really Good point there. Um, that you know, every nanosecond for us, because overseas, literally, 
it, it exactly how it was. That that's that split second decision can be the, mm-hmm. the the continuation of your life or the end of your life. So when you have that that surrounding you every day, it really gives you that new, I suppose, focus and attention to detail. Um, it's something I think is very hard to get rid of, even if you want to get rid of it out of out of your life. If you're you have that for many years, um, and it can be little things like being on time for a meeting. Where for us, mm-hmm. we're always going to be a little bit early, fifteen minutes early. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's just it's just how it is, um, mm-hmm. and and it's it's been a very hard thing, almost impossible for me to shake. Um, mm-hmm. And and you've got to also be careful though, Vicky, to not overstep the mark because people in that corporate, you know, or business setting, government settings, they're not going to be quite the same. They're going to be like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And, and that's just fine. You know, it's just how it is. Where when, we, when I first started working in the corporate world, it's like, okay, you're five minutes late. You know, for us, that would be like, that'd be yeah. a wrap over the knuckles, especially mm-hmm. if that was with a big a meeting with a, a full bird colonel or a general, like inexcusable, and you'd be punished for that. So it's 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 really crucial. But I think where it, where it can come down to in business um, is that ability that we can really, and it's sort of part of my own process um, in, in, with my business is, is really taking that emotion out of, out of important decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really looking at the positive and negative effect of every yeah. major decision. It's it's so, it's what we do as part of our lives. People don't realize they do it every single day. Yeah. It could be the most simplest thing, like going to your, your, your local shopping center. Do you take the long way, the short way? Is it raining or is it dark? <laughs> is it lightning? And we always waste things up. We don't realize that, what, that we do. And I think in business, too often people make big decisions based on emotions. Yeah. And for, for what I do is I, I teach them how to collapse that so they can really look at the actual, you know, okay, you've got this positive decision you've made, but but what are the negative connotations with your decision you've just made? And you, you, I really make them look at that and, and so they can really understand what's going on. And it's a, it's a really interesting process. And also how do you react to those negative? Now, you know, you mentioned several times how, you had to make the right decision, hopefully the first time, because it could be life threatening. But in business, we don't have that. And in our world today too, we, you know, I'm a project lead uh, currently for a contract and have been a project manager for many, many years. And moving from waterfall to agile, where it's okay to screw up because that is a lesson learned. So that has to be somewhat difficult too, I would think, to accept failure as a way to see um, how to do it better. We never actually, um, when we made mistakes, as long as they weren't part of our our bread and butter, Mm -hmm. it was fine. If they were our, our, if it was a mistake that's unforeseen um, that we really just didn't see coming, we, we were fine with that. And we actually almost embraced those because you learn from those mistakes and you're like, right, we know that's what's going to maybe happen in that scenario and, and we'll try and be a bit preemptive in the, in the future yeah. rather than reactive, reactive. And that's what I try and take into that corporate world to have that preemptive mindset rather mm-hmm. than waiting for it to, to, to happen because it may be a, it may be a big cyber attack. It could be a, a, a business that has a big um, you know, mechanical arm. They may be producing, you know, high end products and for them to, to, have a stoppage where they lose a continuity in the workplace and it maybe cost them millions of dollars for that to stop mm-hmm. because they haven't thought if that stops, how do we actually have a process that can, just, can yeah. at least keep the company going rather than sitting back for a, that can be sometimes weeks and weeks, especially like a big cyber attack. It may, I think they say it's r- roughly five weeks to get your company up and going again. Wow. Where if they have, you know, some sort of process there, whether it's third party or whatever it is, 
but at least they can keep a certain portion of the business going and and, and keep it monetized. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very, very interesting. So that really leads well into the next question. In your bio, you talked about the adaptability to extreme situations in the crisis and armed conflict. How does one manage our stress levels in these situations that you just described, where whether it be COVID shutting you down or, you know, your clients in maybe you're okay in the country you're in, but the country that you work with or deal with like China has their situation cut down. So no supply chains impacted everything. It adds a little stress to running a company or a project. So how do you manage those different levels of stress and, and how can that, um, those techniques be applied to our entrepreneurs today? It, we, we just have a saying, it's, it's a real common saying in the military, especially in like the more the specialized units is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. <laughs> you know, that, that, that ability. And for us, it is, it's the ability to, to really slow time down in a crisis. Um, it can be a, it can be a vehicle accident. Um, yeah. It can be anything. Someone's got a big injury. And, and generally the faster we go under panic, the bigger mistakes we make. That's, that's just yeah. a, a, a no brainer. And I also yeah. teach it a bit with, I also teach, um, a fair bit of like active shooter armed defender talks which is so you know so i suppose relevant today especially with what's going on even in the states of the schools and things where mm-hmm. and, and i used to teach people that if you panic um and you run and you follow the masses there's a big chance you're going to lose your life you take a second to sit back and really take it in what's going on in that crisis it, it may really give you that that chance of, of survival and it's it's just giving yourself that chance and it can be applied in every single mm-hmm. lesson um that when a crisis happens, you, you sit back and you've got to really, I suppose, just just take in what's like I said, what's happening around you. Take mm-hmm. a moment to have a bit of a think about it, and make it and make a decision because even that that ten seconds in a, in any big decision can really be a difference. Yeah. Um, and and I really teach that in that corporate setting of, you know, if you react to it too quickly, you are guaranteed you are going to make a, make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're not losing your life over it. But it may it may cost the business you know millions of dollars, um, and that that can then cause a lot of internal it can, it can cause internal divide within the workforce. There's so many there's so many different sort of reactions come out mm-hmm. of that action, and uh, it's a skill it takes I think quite a while to learn because some people don't have that natural ability to do that. Right. Like I said, you may come across a, a really major vehicle accident, and and the average person panics. They're not used to seeing you know injuries or death, and they just really freak out. But for us, we just really, in some ways, we actually come into our, into our element. Yeah, right. You know, and, and we don't just rush in. We learned overseas that you rush into anything, um, you, may, you may get blown up. This is what they would do. They would, they, would, they would understand that people rush into a vehicle accident and they would actually choreograph it. So it looked maybe a small little, car, a small little bomb, <clears throat> a couple of injured people. And they knew what people would rush in, all the, all the first responders and the mm-hmm. you know, paramedics and you know, whoever's there, police, then they would set the big second, bomb off. Second bomb. The secondary and blow everybody up. Yeah. And it can be this, a similar thing in that corporate setting where you've got mm-hmm. to really think, um, is this the best the best course of action for this, you know, scenario? But it takes time to learn. Like I said, some people are born with it and, and some mm-hmm. people really, you know, over time can become much better at it. But um, it's it's right. only through, 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 you know, trial and error that you, yeah. that you really learn that. So the last question I have before we do rapid fire is 
what advice would you have given your 20 or 30 year old self? <laughs> what advice? Um, I think one thing I suppose I'm, if I try and flip around, I'm proud of that I've always chased my dreams. If I've had a bit of a dream, I've always chased after it. Um, the, the bigger, biggest bit of advice I would have given myself though was to really embrace my family more. I suppose you know, like when I lost my father, was you can't get those years back. Mm. And uh, you know, I was so I suppose dedicated to that to that 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 cause that I was on that you think they're going to be there forever. And that's the advice I give myself: really take a bit more time um, with your family because once they're gone, they're not coming back. And that, that's mm. that's the big one. For sure. Okay, time for rapid fire. This, this is where I give you, um, for you, it, it's actually some questions and uh, not spend a lot of time with no wrong answers, but um, this kind of, you have a, such a great bio. I, I wanted to take some of those pieces of it and um, put them in this rapid fire. So the first is crisis awareness. What exactly does that mean to you? It's it's really simple explanation. It's 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 making people, you know, in, especially in what I do now, corporate setting, just really aware of their environment, They're really understanding what, what their own role is, what their own capabilities are and what the capabilities of their people are around them. And, and understanding that, that in, in most settings, that something is going to be coming at you one day. It's not, it's not, not, not a, a thing of uh, if it will happen, it's going to happen and making mm-hmm. them actually comfortable with that mindset. Being actually comfortable with that is, is not a bad thing. You know, the next one is an area that, you know, as I've been in business over 40 years, cultural change has always been a part of it. But I think we had our borders that, especially in the States, for example, it it was easy to know that it was there, know that you should do it, but it, it didn't always impact you and you didn't need to be as aware but the last two years has really forced us to get a better handle on this. What advice would you give our audience today about how to um, deal with and understand cultural change? I think the advice is you've got to really, especially in the, the current age, like you said, now, when we're so connected around the world now with, yeah. with, with you know the capabilities of platforms like what we're on right now. And it's it's only going to you know, keep progressing. It's not going to go away. And that can be, and culture can be such a big thing. Culture can be the culture of someone's, you know, country, the culture they grew up in, that that culture, but also the culture inside of a business, you know, how mm-hmm. you how you go about that that workplace every day as a leader, how you treat your people. Do you get to know them? Do you go out there and actually walk the floor and have a coffee with them and 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 really inspire your people? And the people, you know, it's so it's so simple because they love no one, everyone loves a great leader. Mm-hmm. And and I think the bad leaders that they don't realise what they're missing out on that they have this sea of people behind them that that, that love them and will do anything for them. Yeah. And I think we've just got to be adaptable because there's going to be change now, like you said, after COVID, and and the way that you're getting a lot more a big shift from the old days of business with that big male orientated masculine boardroom. Now with a lot more you know females coming in and younger people coming in, you, you're seeing younger people on boards now. That, that never happened in the past. Mm-hmm. You'd never have a 35-year-old sitting on a board. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we just had in Australia one of the youngest ever females. I think she was in her 30s on a, a major board in Australia. And it's it's going to happen. And I think it's a great thing. And mm-hmm. we can't just have this mindset of one 
you know, of one shoe. It's got to be both. It's got to be both feet in that environment to to, yeah. to to be the best version of ourselves. And so we have to be, like you said, adaptable. We've got to be understanding mm-hmm. um, that there's going to be that, that change, whether it's working from home or a couple of days in the office. That's it's all that that whole sphere that's going to be uh, different moving forward. That's that's yeah, and sure. we have to and we have to be that way. Otherwise, we're going to get left behind. Yeah, and there are five generations, so it's not a one shoe fits all. Yeah, and and we right. as leaders have to understand that. I, I remember whenever I was younger getting into business and I hated when I would come up with new ideas and they said, oh, but that would set precedence. We couldn't do that. And now it's like, I, I'm so embracing the fact that I have all these different generations and I need to get to know what motivates and what excites them and, and what will have them be their best, right? Yeah. So I wanted to take that last question uh, even a little bit further about um, your thoughts on why we need to be resilient and adaptable. Well, I think the last, you know, it's almost three years now, isn't it? That It's really, um, and I think that, that that word resilience has become a real, I suppose, almost a popular word in the last few years that people never, never used years ago really was resilience. And now we're really having to understand what resilience is. I mean, we dealt with it for years because we had to. We had to have that bit of, you know, that ability to react under under difficult circumstances and situations, whether it was, you know, facing the people that wanted to take our lives or, or the weather or, you know, working extreme heat. And that was that that resilience shown. And it, it's exactly the same in, in, in that corporate setting. And like I said, with COVID, it's really people had to draw on so many emotions and strengths they probably never knew they had and i think too many humans underestimate themselves what they can achieve and i I love that i love helping people to achieve what they thought unachievable love flipping that mindset flipping their paradigm and saying so you actually can do this like don't be don't be so discouraged and don't doubt yourself because we're only living we're only here for one go at this life that we're in this form we're in now We're, we're not coming back so what's the worst that can happen and and i think having that resilience build up it's really going to be a, a, such a benefit for, for us moving forward. And you never know what's around the corner. We don't know what's next. We, we, who would ever think we would be in a, a pandemic that would shut the world down for, for three years in this modern age? We're, it's, we're all, I suppose, so naive to that. And we think that crisis is going to be, you know, something like, like an act of terrorism or, you know, whether it's tornadoes or floods or things like this. And it was something so out of the box that none of us saw coming. Um, but it's really made people dig into what they now understand what resilience is. So how do we get out of our professional ruts? Yeah, look, I, I love this one. And to me, it's a real masculine versus form, uh, feminine approach where, and I think you say the average person, masculine or feminine, they're like, well, you mean man versus woman? It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's that masculine business attitude of working 70, 80 hours a week, Um and it's going to be so detrimental to your health and your actual ability to really think on your feet. You know, that's the whole thing with us. We need to be able overseas. We needed to be able to keep thinking forward under those extreme situations, but also be effective in what we did. You know, not just functioning. You've got to be really able to, to be good at what you do, and that that's it's it's so important. Um, you know, moving forward with that feminine approach, it's more lateral, left to right. And I mean, we all know that. You know, women are better at at juggling multiple tasks than what men are. Men are more directional down the centre, and that's the way we've got to be. Where we've got a bit more time with it with our families, and 
and really putting things you know things into perspective and enjoying life a little bit more. Um, we can't just be so focused on that business attitude that it ends up it can end up killing you, really. And, and you, there's no one works well under exhaustion, and you get then all of a sudden this toxic flow down that flows down through the whole company from the top, where you know that 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 pressure from above to, to be exactly the same as as the the, the CEO or, or the board. And it's just this um, like never-ending dog chasing its tail that this never yeah. fixes itself. So that's that's my attitude towards that. Oh, it's it's quite a big one with me actually. I so agree. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I I had to wait till I was fifty to decide that I didn't care any longer what the the other yeah. folks needed, and that's when my you know the last ten years of my career just soared because. I led the way that was from my heart, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a really good one, Vicky. And I I think it's such a shame because we had so many great uh, you know leaders in the past that really weren't given that that option to really lead. Mm-hmm. It's it might be there in a token. And um, I, I worked under a uh, an amazing uh, female uh, lady ambassador I looked after overseas with the the embassy and taught me a lot about myself. She did and uh, a lot about professionalism and mm. and. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need need more like, like yourself and like her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, how is lacking confidence really just needing some direction? And what is one t- tip that you could uh, use to identify this in our business or our lives? I think the biggest thing that I promote, you know, especially when I'm when I'm doing maybe a course, and I always look for the quarter. There's always a quarter souls on a uh, on a course. There's always gonna be a couple yeah. of alphas. You know, then you're gonna have your middle group of people that are all the, the the ones that laugh and joke around and they all get along. Then you're gonna have always a couple of quiet people that won't speak up, that you ask questions and they're always gonna be a little bit, you know, on the quiet side. But my my trick is I'll always catch them if we go for a coffee. Because you know, yeah. most corporate settings have their big coffee room, and I'll always catch them and say, you know, how's it all going? How's the course going? You know, you know, how are you enjoying yourself? And tell me a bit about yourself, not just here, but at home and in the workplace as well, and and really understanding who they are and and I yeah. suppose the tip I give them is is you're no different to that other person. You've got to just back yourself and believe in yourself. I know it's it can be hard because we're not all the same, mm-hmm. but you've really just got to you know help them and believe that. And I, I did it. I do it quite a bit. Um, I've done a little bit of that sort of mentoring style environment when I was at university, like that. A lot, a lot of the younger, I call them kids, you know, that I was there with when I was doing my yeah. masters, and and a couple of them were quite nervous about their futures and and just that direction and. I really sort of saw it as an opportunity to really turn their their whole mindsets around, which was a, a great experience. And it's great yeah. to see them doing well now in life. And it can take the smallest adjustment, 5% adjustment to be, to be, you know, really, I suppose, just to become the best version of yourself and, and give yourself that opportunity and that chance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I really enjoy that. That's, that's what I love about this platform is, you know, no longer is that, that person that, is not contributing in in an audio conference call, you didn't know as the facilitator that someone was trying to get the attention. There were, you know, the person that had the floor sometimes didn't release it too much. And and so now in this environment, you can see the look of a person's eyes or their body movement that they have something to say. And maybe you do need to call it out to get them to say it, but it's a great way to have that person grow in confidence by just having someone listen to them. 
That's the key word. Listen is, yeah. is absolutely Vicky is just be a bit of a listener. And you know, if I go and work one on one with somebody, I mean, for me, I don't care if you're the, the janitor or if you're earning five million dollars a year as the CEO. To me, I've worked with the, the highest level of, of, of you know, the operational sphere. I've worked with, mm -hmm. with two, three star generals and, and governor generals and PMs and you know, prime ministers and presidents and things. So for me, we're all, we're all come from somewhere. We all start at the bottom. Yeah. And so anyone who's successful has been at the bottom. And I remind people of that. And, and I really go in there and just say to them, you know, if they're, if they're in a bit of a bad spot in their personal life, because we all, Get, we all have insecurities. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, I've seen sure. it at the very top. They can be the worst. Mm -hmm. And um, and and I just say to them, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. Yeah. Tell me who you are. I want to know who you are. Not here, but your life. You know. Mm -hmm. And that's the big key. Just listen, and you can really then really understand who people are. Yeah. People just need to do that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. it is time now for you, if you are just listening to grab your paper and pencil so that we can get some contact information. So if you're listening, you can get, um, I guess the best way to get to, to Mark is going to his website, markashbyconsulting.com. That's M-A-R-K-A-S-H-B-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. We do have his email, mark at markashbyconsulting.com. And he's on LinkedIn at Mark Ashby Consulting. Uh, again, just I uh, would suggest that if you have any further questions uh, to check out his website, see if you can get answers there, or go ahead and email him with any of the questions that you have. Well, it has been just such a pleasure talking with you. Uh, this is a topic that, that I think is so important for our leaders today, both corporate and entrepreneurs, to, to really assess how they lead. And, um, and I think that the skills that you bring are just so helpful and vital to, to helping us become stronger and better leaders. So I want to encourage everyone uh, to go to the website. Um, he has shared great tips today and tools. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, looking forward to doing future podcasts with you to, to see how you're doing. I'm thinking you need to write a book. Yeah, I've sort of been, I've been hit up a bit about that. So yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. I've had a, a few sort of uh, suggestions there and I think I probably will. Um, yeah. I was, I was talking with a really good countryman of yours uh, a while ago. I love a bloke named, named mm -hmm. uh, John. John Knotts, he was talking to me about it. He's also ex Air Force and he's, he's very successful in business yeah. over there in the States. And he said, right, you need to get busy, get, get writing. So I, um, I'll probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot, you a know, lot to share. Think about even if you, if you don't do the whole book yourself, you have so many probably success stories that you could just, you know, reach out to each of them and get a, a you know, chapter on each of them to come have a comp compilation book that um, I'm sure would be interesting. And, and having those personal stories, I think, helps booster um, the confidence of everyone who reads it. Yeah, that's the whole, the whole point. I mean, to do a, a book, I suppose, Vicky, you want it to be something that, that people get something out of it. You don't, yeah. you don't want to do a book and just like, oh, I've done a book. And for me, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a big deal. Um, and I've had yeah. a lot of colleagues do books and some great ones and some not so great. So for us, we're, in that 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 peer 
sort of setting that I'm in. We're all mm-hmm. our, you know, we're all the worst critics, so um, you want you want you want to make sure it's worthwhile. <laughs> I, I I'd probably try and do like a bit of a half my background and, and sort of uh-huh. half what I what I what all my my tips are, you know, for 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 you know for, for leadership now. So yeah, awesome. it's something I'll probably end up doing. All right, well you do it. I'll get you back on here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so thank you so much, and as always. I remind everybody that it's until next time, remember life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.